Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight, we're pretty short boys, i got two members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hello. And I have Ash. Hey there. And uh, Scott, you got a bit of news for us? Uh, yeah, it's kind of ongoing news with the um, riots and such protests down in the States. Um, there's talk right now of defunding the police. Mm-hmm. And Ash just showed me a picture was it of a slide? A slide going into like a, like a real gate swimming pool. Yeah. It's like, this is your mentality. <laughs> Defunding the police. Yeah. Um, Stay woke. <laughs> so, you know, taking anything aside that's racist or anything like that. Mm. Just if you think about defunding an organization like the police, it'd be like, first of all, if you think about on our side of the fence, like defunding us. Like we have a bad call or something and then they decide, oh, the fire department. We're going to take your stuff away until you get better. <laughs> that would be the exact opposite of what we're trying to do, right? I'm oh, sorry. I thought you were adjusting <laughs> something. <laughs> so, you know, you have a bad call. You you do something that results in someone dying. You're not going to take away the – you're not going to take away our apparatus. You're not going to suddenly stop paying yeah. us to train. You're going to be like, hey, these guys might need more training. And I think that's where we're at right now. I think yeah. the police – and the police have been like this for a long time. They need more training. They need better training. Um, a lot of them are still using 1970s um, control tactics, which don't fit today's society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you think about, like, you know, they train on average four hours a year in use of force. That's four it. hours a year. Four. Uh, sorry, some are four, some are eight. So you know, some like around here, some are you know, you I think they go for two days. They get eight hours of training training over those two days per day, so that's sixteen hours over two years. So they, they get eight hours a year then if you factor that in. So four to eight hours a year in use of force training on how and when to use force. And that's not and you know, they get to shoot their firearm and stuff, but that's a very small amount of force is, is a firearm. The rest is all hands on. It's uh, controlling resistors and stuff like that. So if you so now you again you take it to the volunteer firefighting service, <laughs> we train Hundred hours a year, yeah. We're volunteer service, so hundred hours a year to do our job, and we're going on maybe what, a few hundred calls a year. You know, if you know if you're a busy dep- if you're if you're a busy volunteer department, you know maybe five hundred calls a year. Uh-huh. If you're you know a, a, slow, a slow department, you're maybe doing like 80, 80 calls a year, sixty calls a year, uh-huh. and you're still training a hundred hours. <laughs> but they want to defund them. <laughs> I, I think you're going to get less excessive force if you train regularly and you encourage police to train use of force, like jujitsu and mm-hmm. judo and things like that. Things that aren't striking, things that are... Because you got to get the... It's just like us. we got to get stress inoculated. Yep. they got to get stress inoculated. If your stress inoculation is during a, a fight with the with a, a subject, yeah, you start losing, you're going to get pretty angry and you're going to probably use force that you, wasn't meant to be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just talking about that a little and just saying, like, you know, obviously, if you if you now get anyone with any sort of skill in this kind of stuff in jujitsu, mm-hmm. for, for a perfect example, and a untrained cop with eight hours a year's worth of force training, which is old and outdated, mm-hmm. now comes into contact with that person and it gets into a struggle. That person's likely going to get shot because the police officer is not trained to handle that situation. Mm-hmm. And now they are armed, scared, and now they become dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And then these situations occur where people get shot. And it's terrifying because, again, you know, the, the onus seems that it comes back to the officer to have to do these things in their own time when literally they are dealing with this shit every single day. Yeah. So it goes back to us uh, again in the volunteer service, if we never trained to go into a building and rescue somebody, like some departments do, right, around here yeah. and around the world, they're told they, they're they an exterior-only department. Mm. So our argument is, okay, that's great and everything, but the first time you have someone trapped, like a kid trapped in a house, 
and their parents are saying, go save my son or go save my, my daughter. <laughs> and we don't, we haven't trained to go inside. Are we still going to go inside? Probably. We're mm-hmm. going to go inside. Not have the skill to do it. Mm-hmm. And potentially either we die or they die, or maybe it works out in the end. But we need to train. You're really taking a chance rather than yeah. you know, having that skill set. In, yeah, yeah, in, in the yeah. unlikely case it happens. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's why I don't. That's why our department doesn't agree with exterior only, because quite honestly, it's it's a ridiculous concept. Exterior only. Yeah, yeah. it is like having a uh, having an untrained officer. Like, <laughs> sorry, uh, you know, we're not teaching you that today because yeah. we don't trust you to do it. It's terrifying. <laughs> and you were saying something about Minneapolis as well, right? Well, oh, I just was looking at my feet. It sounds like Minneapolis City Council voted to disband their entire police force. I, I, I don't even I, know how that happens. How <laughs> I don't know what even get to that. So I don't know if they call in the state troopers to deal with it after that, or I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if that. Yeah, I mean, it's it might be clickbait. I don't know. I, was just, I just I didn't really examine <laughs> you it. This, yeah, I mean, it just came up while we were sitting here. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went down to the, coast, the States into L.A. and did my Gracie survival tactics with the Gracies. So that's a law enforcement, military, and now a first responder course. When I'm down there, I'm going to say there was 90 officers there. There's only like three of us that were firefighters. The rest were all officers. They're teaching them proper control tactics. Mm-hmm. And then they get to take this back to their agency and teach proper control tactics to them. Um, so I think that's the important stuff, teaching people things like that. You know, it doesn't have to be the Gracies, but it could be yeah. you know, Chad Lyman and his people in Las Vegas, those kind of guys. Like, they have really good stuff, and that's what they need. They don't need to be defunded and um, whatever, shut down and <laughs> terminated and, like, all police kicked out. Like, <laughs> that's, uh... If you're going to put people into stressful situations and you're going to arm them, you better make sure they're trained to be able to deal with everything without using that gun first before that, because that needs to be a last option. Because yeah. if it's not, just like anybody in a situation where they feel scared and threatened, they are going to reach for that weapon and shit is going to get real, real quick. Or they're going to yeah. do something that they're not trained to do and they're, they're just making it up as they go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's no stress inoculation. That's a big thing. you got to stress inoculate people in these lines of work, like we talk about in the burn building. Absolutely. Like, we're always taking our guys in the burn building. And then when a real fire happens, our guys aren't sweating it. They yeah. just deal with it. And that, and that's, like, that's that's exactly how this training works. Like, they should be stress inoculated every month. These guys should be going through force-on-force training. Yeah. Like, guys in uh, full fist gear or whatever, red man suits, and, you know, they go up to a car and the guy attacks them. Okay? Take them down, control them. And it's not just, like, control them and then be like, okay, everybody stop. No, it's control them, cuff them. Okay, now what do you do? Roll them in recovery position, talk to them, sit them up. Should be the full gambit, not uh-huh. just pin them to the ground yeah. and call a stop. Because that's, they, again, that's where their other problem lies. They call stop too early <laughs> in their training. They don't walk it all the way through. So one thing we're teaching with some of these agencies with the stop the bleed, now it's after the shooting, what happens? Because before it used to be, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, the shooting's over. We'll put pressure, put pressure on it. Wait for the ambulance to come. That was what the training was. <laughs> <laughs> so officers thought, okay, yeah, I'll just put pressure on it for a good 30 seconds and, the, and then the uh, paramedics will be here. Paramedics aren't coming. <laughs> it's up to us to, to to save ourselves, to save the civilian. And then the paramedics will come. So that's what this, so now with a lot of the agencies that Todd and I are teaching, it's like at the end, now they have this, now they have a goal, like that, sorry, they have a, a skill to do at the end of the shooting, like put the tourniquet on, apply the um, stop the bleed stuff. And then you do that with the use of force, like with the hands-on handcuffing and stuff, roll yeah. recovery position, sit him up. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, uh, Jocko, uh, I don't know if you've seen, obviously we all have, but we just, that uh, that video message that he did for the people, right? That message mm-hmm. to everyone, I think it was called. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. the, the German soldiers and the, the British soldiers yeah. there and, and uh, but he, the the point he makes is just kind of like we're all people. Do you know what I mean? We're all people at the end of the day. We've all got people emotions. We're yeah. all just trying to do the thing that we're supposed to be doing for whether it's a job or whatever we're doing. Some of us are assholes. Yeah. Some of us are nice. And some of us are scared and don't know what to do. And some of us are trying to deal with shit. Yeah. And when you start throwing different people in the mix, we all have to remember that people are just people, man. Yeah. It's just. Different people. We're all the same shit, but it's different people. So you need to treat people with respect. And when it comes to things like law enforcement, they're getting such a bad rep right now because of everything that's going on. Because one bad seed is, is or one bad grape mm-hmm. is rotten the bunch. And yeah, it's yeah. such a shame because that's not the reality of the situation. No. 
the reality of the situation is there's a whole bunch of people out there every day putting their ass on the line, making sure shit's good and safe for us. And then there's some people in there that are shit and they're terrible. And when like they other cops, they'd be doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like any well, job, they have bad people, but absolutely. the only difference is, is usually in, your, in a regular job, they get fired and nothing bad happens. But yeah. In law enforcement or firefighting, you have people who cost them in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. shit gets real quick because mm-hmm. you're not trained to handle it. Yeah. It's terrifying. Well, um, let's talk about some firefighter stuff. Happy news. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a bit of a debate we were looking at the other day. I, I was on one of the volunteer firefighter pages on Facebook there, and uh, they were talking about masking up and when the right time to mask up was. Now, Todd, obviously, Todd right now, he's going through the the process of NFPA and a whole bunch of stuff there with his... Uh, Which we razz him about every... We do. Because <laughs> he sends us pictures of the manual and <laughs> of them doing something from like the 70s. Most and... of the pictures are in black and white, <laughs> still carrying buckets. Yeah. Um, but we, we were having like, this discussion and, and I asked Todd, I said, what is the SOP for, um, for mask, donning your mask? When are you supposed to do that? And he said there's not really anything in there about it in the sense of when you should. That comes down to your standard operating procedures yeah. for your department. Yeah, your 30 having jurisdiction yeah. is what yeah. we call it around here, Yeah, which is our town, mm-hmm. yeah. which is based on stuff we tell them. Yeah, <laughs> so, which is based on the, which, the department yeah. making the call, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, because I'm reading through this thing and everyone's got different opinions. Yeah. And everyone has a different reasoning behind those things, which is fine. And I'm not, and this isn't going to be a debate as to who's right and who's wrong here. This is going to be a debate about why those people Mm -hmm. are doing it in different ways, why we do it the way we do it, and why we see the value in how we do it. And I like the fact that we can, based on the departments, you can make up your own sort of things. Mm -hmm. And that's my kind of big dislike of of NFPA, I guess, is, is that they teach these skills. Like, like we're bugging taught about the hydrant thing. And the picture we saw was uh, was uh, they were tying the hydrant. They were tying the line right around the hydrant. Now, we haven't tied the line around the hydrant in years. We, we do a, like a half loop, put, put our foot against it. Mm-hmm. In the in the case that the the line gets hooked on the truck and mm-hmm. we've, da- you know, in the in the years past, yeah. hydrants have been damaged. Yeah, so shout out stopped. to Comox FD. They actually just did a full... Video on oh did they yeah doing forward lays and cross lays then they, they don't tie the hydrant they do yeah, not no, tie hydrant so no one's tying that I mean I should say no one no one around here that I can see ties a hydrant anymore but it's still in this manual and it's still taught but then like literally it says do this but also follow your authority habit jurisdiction so my big argument always with NFPA why don't you just tell us what the skills you want us to do we'll do them yeah <laughs> but we don't need to talk to some you know, have some stamp on a certificate from you guys that said, or from some university that says we did it. Like, why don't you just, like, here's a checklist you guys got to do. Here's your training records, which is what we do in our department. Yeah. Because we have the authority in, in the province to, to follow. We follow the NFPA um, guidelines. But again, those are just basically like what I just said. You have to be able to hit a hydrant. <laughs> and then we follow, using your authority to have a jurisdiction, we follow the hydrant. We do the hydrant. And we have it written down how we do it. So... Why can't we just, like, I, I just don't get these, these kind of, I feel sorry for these departments that are spending thousands of dollars and then they, they get a little certificate at the end, but does that actually make them um, good to fight fire yeah, in their area? Yeah. Because there's stuff in there that we're never going to do. Like, yeah. it's, it's based on, you know, New York or big cities. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, let's not spend our time on things we don't need. Let's spend our time on stuff that's in our area. Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to the retention side of things, right? Are you just going to... Because the, the argument we have with that, and that's kind of going off the mass situation, yeah, but the, the kind of argument that we have with that was, well, hang on a minute. Shit's changed. Mm-hmm. The, the opinion now and the reasoning behind this new tactic is yeah. this, because doing it the other way was super dangerous. Yeah. So if we do it this way now, and everyone's should be doing it this way, why do I need to train this new, safer method, and then I need to do an exam that yeah, tells me that this book, because this book's telling me that, yeah, yeah I've got to do this yeah. old skill. Or eventually they catch up. Like, let's take VIS for example. VIS is never in the manual like mm-hmm. that I could ever see. And then recently I saw him um, kind of last year or whatever it was. Now it's in the manual. And it's very it's a very short, short section on it. Um, they still talk about, like, regular searches and... 
Um, but it's it, now it's in there, and I suspect the next iteration will be a bigger, a bigger example. paragraph, bigger page. Going back to Comox, I, every time I read their um, their Facebook page, hmm. their tra- one of their sessions is always VIS. It's always mm-hmm. VIS every time because yeah. they understand the importance of it. You got the because um, at night. Usually that's where people. That's when the fire is going to be out of control. Is usually at night, because and that's usually when people are home. It's at night, and they're they're not awake enough to fight the fire. So hey, let's go attack. Let's go after that bedroom first. Mm-hmm. And that's VIS. Basically, in a nutshell, VIS is to go after a bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> like it's to go search a bedroom. Mm-hmm. So again, we were off. What were we talking about? Masks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, if you're going to search that bedroom, when would you put that mask? Oh, yeah, there we go. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have a quick chat about that. So, we'll talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about how and why we do what we do first, maybe. And let's have a chat about that. So, why we do what we do. So, Ash, what do we do? Uh, so, we mask up in the truck on the way to the call. Um Generally, we are going to have um, a uh, officer in the duty truck going direct. We're going to have potentially uh, the chief going direct as well. Um, those one or two are going to get on scene first. They're going to be doing the 360, getting all of that information relayed back to the truck officer, which will then be um, in in talks with the manpower in the apparatus that's uh, responding. So uh, we get ourselves ready to do work the moment we hit the fire ground. So if it's a MVI, if it's a structure fire, we are geared up for the job that we're about to do. Um, it, it works for us. Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a case of like, we're not we're not getting on air in the truck. No, we no. are literally, we are driving up and as we know, we are coming to the scene, mm-hmm. the mask goes on, and then we get ready to step out the truck, find the situation, and then we start moving. Um, I was reading recently, actually, there's a study um, that says that if you actually put your mask on before you start getting into stuff, mm-hmm. that you can actually lower the amount of oxygen you're taking Absolutely. in, which then means that you take more oxygen when right. you start actually getting back on air. Mm-hmm. Makes absolute yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but there was an argument in there about tunnel vision, and I want to talk a little bit yeah. about that. Um, so, Scott, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so yeah, the tunnel vision argument... I've heard before, and it's like humans are, when we get into a stressful situation, we naturally get television mm-hmm. because that's our that's our fight, flight, or um, or fold. That's the new thing is they've added a fight or fight. Flight or, flight, yeah. or what else do animals do? They they, they roll up. over and give them their, their, <laughs> their stomach, right? So, or yeah. fold. Mm-hmm. So our natural reaction as humans is we start, if we're going to get ready to fight, well, we, we're predators, so we look forward. So our eyes naturally go, we get tunnel vision, mm-hmm. we focus. Um, so it doesn't matter if, you, if your head is covered, you're still you're still focusing on the task at hand. And the only way to actually look is you have to look around. So if you're ever in like a fight or anything, you have to you have to kind of scan the area. That's why a lot of uh, martial arts schools, they teach, you know, after you've done your fight, you actually scan over your shoulder. You don't just rely on your peripheral vision because we're not, we're not herd animals. We're not, we're not prey animals for mm-hmm. predators. So... Um, I don't think having a mask on is going to affect that periphery that much. Is, is sorry that vision that much because you're already focused straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, back to your thing about you know when we're on the truck, you put your mask on. Well, you're going from you're going from being able to breathe good air, you know air freely, and you're like you know to putting this thing on your head, putting your balaclava on, and I think it's important to get at least. 30 seconds of inoculation to it while you're driving to the call. You can breathe. You're feeling the, you're not breathing there yet, but you're breathing, you know, you're, you're feeling the, through the mask. Um, you got the valves starting to work. But, I mean, you're not on air, but you're, you know, everything's a little harder to breathe. And you're like, okay, got this mask on. Maybe you get a little claustrophobic because you just woke up from sleep or whatever. And now you're in this zone, right? So I, it's important to put that mask on. And one thing I also, we also teach guys is like, yeah, don't go on air, but turn your, turn your cylinder on. Oh, yeah. Because You're ready to go. I've been on a call where I turn it on and boom, the, the O-ring blew out the back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, good thing because we're still two minutes away from the fire. Mm-hmm. So I call the officer. Hey, give me your pack. So he hands his pack back because he isn't really needed. He would have it on, but he wasn't really needed. He hands it to mm-hmm. me. So uh, you have to – I, I, the arguments 
for not putting a pack on. No, I get there's now there's cl- the clean truck argument. Yes. The, the, so the clean cab argument mm-hmm. of keeping it out, which is fine. But we're not volunteer fire to service. We're not driving around all day like full-time guys are. Like they're driving around all over the city doing medical calls in their truck all day. They're going to the grocery store to get because they're staying overnight in their in their halls. Mm-hmm. Volunteers, we're in the, we're in the truck for what five minutes <laughs> before yeah. we get to the call. Five ten minutes at the most. We do our deal on uh, decon mm-hmm. and then head back. So we're we're not in the truck that much. Yeah. Another point that I saw was mentioned on on that thread was um, the pro of doing it at the door at the fire ground is the whole buddy check thing. Right. And, like, one thing that I really wanted to hit on is we still do that. 100%. So, like, that is in the truck. very key. So it happens at the truck, and then it happens before you go in. So you're you're kind of yeah. getting the double, right? Like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. So you're seeing me next to you sitting down. You can see what you can see. Maybe not 100%, but you can get a 95% check. Now you're stepping out of the truck. Before you proceed through, you get that last double check again. Okay, front, back, air, yes, good. So your thorough check from everything that you can get sat next to the guys happening in the back of the truck. And then again, you're being that double cautious again before you enter the building. Um, I just I don't want pe- people to think that, that that whole buddy check system thing is being lost. It's not. It's almost a- amplified this, that the way that our department does it. It's feels like you're you're getting that secondary check again um so it's, it's definitely not getting lost yeah i think the one of the one of the arguments was people are you mask up at the door before you go in my worry with that is sh- we know these situations we're stepping into a, into an ideal age like it is mm-hmm. not it's not safe the whole point of masks is that we keep them on and wear them around the IDLH environment because there's a whole bunch of chemicals and all the nasty stuff that's burning. That shit gets in our lungs. Then we've got bigger problems over time regardless. But if that situation changes rapidly, you Mm. are not ready. How many times have we seen a backdraft or something rolls over the guys Mm because they're outside getting their masks on? Yeah, it's it's not safe. If you're there standing by the door, especially if you're looking to breach. But back to me, that one call we went on, I was captain. So I had my mask off so I could use the radio and talk and... And then we were going to breach the door, and so I ended up being the, I ended up being the tool guy because uh, we were, you know, manpower limited. Mm-hmm. So I go over, I'm like, should I still put my mask on before I got here? No smoke at all. It's, it was the back, of the building was on fire, but we're breaching the front. And then as soon as we start breaching, smoke starts coming out of the, out of the area or the, out of the hole we're making from the breach. I'm like, Shush. so now I have to pause for a second, mid breach, start putting my mask back on. And then, you know, now it's, it's just deteriorating our guys. We lose our momentum because, yeah. you know, you don't want to lose that momentum either. I think that's important because you watch these things where everything's flowing and then stop. And everyone everyone gets down and starts putting their masks on. So your momentum, is, the momentum of the battle kind of gets lost and you start to fold. Some people look at that as a good thing because now it's time to, to pause, take a step back, look around. But I don't think frontline firefighters, that's not our job is to... To, to pause, take a step back, look around. That's the captain's job. Uh-huh. Is that's why he has his mask off. That's why he has a radio because he's overseeing the fire. We're focused on our task, and our task should be doing what we were assigned to do. Obviously, they're watching for safety, but we should be. A, that's our assignment. That's what we're doing. So everything should be ready to go. Yeah, I think situational awareness we should all be doing, which we normally do anyway. It's not it's not a case of whether or not that's a, that's a thing. I think it's just yeah. this mask argument of. Do I do it while I'm standing at a door before we get to the situation? My worry is that because some of the comments I was reading, one of them was, and it scared me. It made me worry about these people because they were literally, he said, well, if it's an attic fire, I'm going to wait until I get to the second level of the home before I put my mask on. And uh, I was yeah. just like, that's, that's so terrifying. Who taught you that that until, was a good idea? <laughs> until you get a, you know, a flash over inside there or you open the door and you get back and now your lungs are scorched. Yeah. Or the, <laughs> the, the roof falls in Yeah. while you're in there on that second floor. You don't have your helmet on. You've got no yeah. mask on. You're dead. Yeah. You are toast. Yeah. So I just, it worries me. And the reason I wanted to have this conversation is because, you know, the, this seems to be something that everyone has different yeah. opinions on. And again, it goes back to what we're talking about with the NFPA. Yeah. They, we make our standards in our halls. And I'm not saying that ours is right. Ours, as we always talk about, with everything that we talk about, whatever we do and whatever we talk about, 
is what works for us because yeah. of the situations that we deal with in the way that we deal with them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like going through that that thread, you can see people are very opinionated on what what their operating procedures are. Um, I think the biggest thing outside of attic guy there <laughs> was don't enter the building with no. a mask on. Like no. that's that's yeah. the, the biggest uh, thing. Yeah, like biggest thing, like yeah. I don't care what your department does as long as you're being safe about it. Do I agree? Well, probably not. But I don't care as long as you're being safe. Do what works for you. But don't go inside. Like add a guy aside. Like mask up before you get there. Right? <laughs> we train cop. <laughs> There's only one or one or two of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think overall as a whole we agree not to go inside. <laughs> it seems <laughs> very basic here, except for that one department. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not trying to make make jokes at their expense or whatever, but somewhere along the lines, maybe like Chicago Fire came into play where they're all going inside without a mask on until they get to the shit. And that, that's a bad idea. Like, just yeah. don't do that shit. Well, you gotta so... look at the actors. You gotta see the actors. <laughs> exactly. Kind of what do you have to have beautiful actors for if they're all in masks? Yeah, <laughs> they can look like us. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, I mean, really, I, I think, uh, I am of the belief that we do it the way we do it um, because it's what has worked for us. And again, we are on the truck for a very short period of time. Mm. Our area isn't that huge. Our area is pretty big. Well, in the sense in, of in, um, we can get everywhere size, within about... Yeah, we're one of the bigger ones. We can get everywhere within about 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For Basically. Or, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. our man is about a 20-minute 20, 20 drive. Like from end to end of our district. End to end. If, yeah. if you were off. Yeah. Yeah, if we were on one end and then we yeah. had to fight. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But the point is, you don't have to get in the truck and mask up the second you are in the no, truck. No, no, no. Everything goes on. If you know your area, you'll yeah. know how long you've got before you mm-hmm. get to the call. You can get your gear. And again, we have the situation where our officers are, are, are officers arriving on scene first very like normally it's about 99% that 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 guy is there beforehand so we know what we've got before we even get to scene Mm -hmm. that being said we always still follow that protocol get everything ready get your mask on because when you get out of this truck if we need you to go VEIS right now we don't have that five minutes we don't have that 30 seconds to a minute to go on your mask it takes you 30 seconds so imagine you're inside you're a civilian inside of a bedroom that's Mm -hmm. filling with smoke and now you're holding your breath for 30 seconds. Or would you prefer the firefighter get in there and rescue you? Or do you want to hold your breath for 30 seconds while this person puts their mask on outside? Yeah. yeah. And we we had talked a little bit about it as well because obviously our tone drop the other week was the same thing. And we mm-hmm. were having this conversation. Yeah. And this is where it kind of all stemmed from. Was this person not ready? Because that's their protocol. They they maybe do clean cap. Maybe that's how yeah. they do it. So they were masking up when they got there. Well, the situation was unfolding. Shit was getting real. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. There's a person or two in that window. Yeah. You know, you're not prepared to go and do it. I mean, not saying that's what happened there. There's been... No, we have you know, no idea what happened there. Conflicting. Yeah. Get the mask get ripped off. Were they prepared or not? But let's just say for the sake, sake of argument, the mask was never on. Now they're ill-prepared. I'd rather be ready to work yeah. the moment that you step off. Yeah. I know one of the arguments for not masking up is seatbelts. Yes. Uh, it's a seatbelt thing. Mm-hmm. We have seatbelts in our trucks. Um, they don't get used that often. I've seen them used once in a while. Um, but you can still, for sure, put your seat. Because they're big seat. They're long seatbelts. They're not yep. like. You can belt, like, belt you up can, over You can belt up over SCBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, the, the way the seats are built, the SCBA pack is in the chair. Yeah, and that's so the no yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no I mean, it's not necessarily a seatbelt pack, but it's, yeah, there's. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one, I know that's one of the arguments. So there's a few arguments, the, the tunnel vision thing, the seatbelt thing, mm-hmm. um, the clean cab. Um, and they might be right. Yeah, we absolutely. might be totally wrong. 100%. And that's, again, you know, reiterating the fact. But I don't think we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, reiterating the fact that we, we may be wrong. Yeah. Right. What we do may be wrong. But the reasons that we have found for doing them the way that we do them, we have found valid and it tends to work for us. Not saying change what you need to do or what your yeah. policies yeah, are. Yeah, and I think in our general area, we are not rogues. We're, we, we, everybody else is doing it too. Everybody yeah. else is coming ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
So, and there were a few people on there that were saying the same things as us. Yeah, and for the same reason. Yeah. For the same reasons, you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be ready to rock as soon as I get off that truck. Uh, yeah. If I'm breaching a door, I want to be on air. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want, and if shit goes wrong real quick, yeah. and that mm-hmm. wind changes and now, or something explodes inside, we've got yeah. problems. You ain't got mm-hmm. your gear on. You're in a problem area yeah. real quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's masks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see what other people have on that. Here's some feedback on it for sure. So off of the mask subject now, let's move a little bit towards the other the other thing that we've been getting a lot of messages about recently from different people. So um, the it seems like, I don't know, and it all seems to be this past couple of weeks, I think, we've had a few people, some, um, some listeners, some people that just follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. and they're reaching out about um, culture and kind of recruitment and leadership inside of their departments and how those things are not necessarily at their best um, in some situations. And uh, I kind of just want to touch on it. We, we did a post um, did a post this week um, about a recruitment thing that came out where the department basically was going to go under because they were um, they, they couldn't get people. They couldn't get volunteers. Yeah, and this so is staffed. Yeah, and we get this. We have this conversation all the time. Obviously, we talk about Matt's calls with second mm-hmm. alarm, um, trying to get more firefighters in because, yeah, there's there's a problem. There are not many people that are taking this. But my issue with the uh, article was that the the first thing that they came to and the first excuse that they used was, well, <clears throat> this generation isn't is hard working and they haven't got the dedication and i just I, it's a fucking shit excuse it is the poorest excuse and i hate it every time i hear it it's bullshit we've got younger guys in the department and they do well you know yep. we've, we've got the new recruits yep. they've been doing great mm-hmm. this isn't a generational thing this is a personal thing this is an abc like are you ready to do the work can you do the work are you physically able to learn and be able to be taught like do you have the personality to be able to be what you need to be to do this? So I just want to have a little discussion about leadership and culture and how that plays into, or sorry, leadership and recruitment and how culture plays into that. Because again, we've said many times, we've never had problems over the past many years um, where we've had any issues with recruitment. And we are under the strong belief that a lot of that comes from the fact that our training is tough it's hard it's engaging um and also the fact that we we do a lot of things together as a fire family we build that community that feeling of you know responsibility to everybody in the group so yeah i mean chime in here boys what you got yeah. i don't know if we, we always say we have tough training oh it's tough like it's tough like some of our stuff we do is tough it's more fun yeah and people challenging yeah, challenging fun um yeah. you know you Hey, we get to go into the training round on a Thursday night and do some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and people like doing that stuff. Like people like doing stuff. Like I was, we were saying the other day when we were pulling that car over. So it's like a, it's like a grown-up playground out here. Yeah, it's like a big sandbox. <laughs> yeah, like we got giant Legos like high abs and, and, and we're lifting like a crane truck to pull a car over. And, yeah, it's nuts, you know, man. <laughs> we, we're building a burn another another search building, and it's basically like we're discussing like we're placing Lego blocks. And These some people are 40 feet long. And yeah. We're going to set fire inside of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so some people think that, oh, we're boys having fun or girls having fun. But no, we're, I mean, in the end, we get some really good training skills in and we get to kind of push our limits a little bit. So that's what makes it the tougher side because then now once we build this cool, this cool shit, we get to now see how far we can push ourselves in that, in that thing or see how we can throw different angles and curves into the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important to understand. Like we're not like it's not tough training. We're not screaming at each other. It's not like boot camp training. It's it's right. fun training um, where you're learning some skills. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our members said it. I think it was JP said to me um, not that long ago uh, about our training. He says you know we've got a really good mix of training. He says we have some hard nights. We have some nights that you know that you have to get through. And we have some really sweet scenarios. And he says, there's some nights where you come and you're like, tonight's a night that I have to work. 
This isn't a fun night. This is a night after work. This is mastering a skill and you get through it. And you push through those shitty nights that you're, you're there to do the work because you know on the back end of that, there's going to be some wicked scenario that's going to come yeah. that everybody's going to have a blast doing. And I don't remember the last scenario that we had where it was like, oh, that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like there were some things that was, ah, like maybe we could talk about this, maybe talk, talk about this. But in the grand scheme of things, everybody walks away and was like, how awesome is that? We've got all these cool locations. We have our actual training ground facility. I mean, taking a couple of the the hard work nights, you have that equity that we've built built up with the membership because they know coming off the back of that is going to be something so amazing um, because we've got a group of really good individuals that we bounce at these uh, training and scenario ideas off of that we generally come up with something pretty good. And that's not something that one person can do either. I think that speaks a pretty big, big, big role there as well. Yeah. And I think it all comes back around though, to that, that leadership style, like creating that decentralized command, giving people the responsibilities themselves to be able to take these things on and not just assume that because you're the officer that this is you know you have to demand and dictate every single role Mm -hmm. that culture is created through good leadership and the training is a massive part of it but being able to have people that are comfortable and confident in their own skill sets to be able to do the job and know that they can do that task that creates confidence in them and then shows their confidence to other guys. And we all know what we're doing. So we all feel like one unit. Again, we talk about filling the gap, you know, yeah. and having that training allows that that confidence for everybody to be able to build on um, each of the individual skill sets. And I think it's a key part of why we have been so successful. I also think our presence in the community is pretty good too. We do a lot of different things for the community, lots of different events and things like that, drive through breakfasts. Well, know. one thing, like we just got, <laughs> it's funny because the town here, we have a big July 1st uh, event. Well, actually, the town where Todd's from has the biggest July 1st event. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this year, everything's getting scaled back. Some things are getting canceled. Um, the town, our town, was uh, there. They usually do this kind of free pancake breakfast. This year, they can't have a mass gathering. So the people that run the community center here, what, they turned to us. <laughs> they said, hey, you guys are the experts at, at drive through breakfast. Which is funny. <laughs> but we're actually the fire department, but anyways. Yeah. So they yeah, called us. So you know, so you know, the chief and I went the other day and had a meeting with them to discuss um, how to make this work, how to make a new, how to make this uh, thing work for them, this drive-through that they want to do. And we're like looked at as the experts at that <laughs> because we have a good reputation in town to make things happen and and to do these kind of um, odd things that we do. So. That's another skill we get called on to do is we're going to do now we're doing a drive through breakfast. We're planning like the how we're driving in and <laughs> coordinating all that with them. We're literally in the parking lot. Well, if we remember the traffic control that way and move it, put a fence there, we become event planners all of a sudden. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of that t- time in the community. If you're just like a uh, fire department, like if you just come down and drive a tr- big shiny red truck down and honk your air horn, well, you're not really taking part in the community. You're showing off the thing that the community bought you. Like, get involved in the community. <laughs> Yeah. And that's how, mm-hmm. like you say, that's how you started, Carl. Yeah, that was. You saw us being involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. And I think that is what drives people to you. You have to portray the kind of, you have to portray the image outwards, the true image. Don't fake it because as soon as people are in, they will leave. And that is yeah. what I think some people get, right? It's like, oh, look at us. We're fantastic. You get in and it's a dysfunctional mess with <laughs> terrible leadership. And it just, everything falls apart because at that point, the, the charade is gone and you can you can see straight through it. So yeah. what do you do? You get in and then it's like, well, this isn't what I want. And then we, t- we talk about retention, right? Well, retention, it, as soon as they're in the door, that was the toughest part. Holding them in yeah. should be easy. Yeah. That should be the easy part. Mm-hmm. Getting them through the door should have been the harder part. So the conversation that I want to start having with different people and finding out about it is, right, how are these other departments doing these same things? You know, like we're obviously we're lucky. We're we're good because we've we've built this different uh, dynamic over many years, and yeah. we do tend to do things. I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to use the word rogue, because um, that's not necessarily the case. But we definitely are known for 
getting out there a little bit differently than some departments when it comes to look at our seminar, for example, and the way we do things. Yeah, you yeah. could you could do the cowboy whip, but <laughs> it's not cowboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're, we're different when we do certain things. And there's a lot of departments that do the same things as us, which is fantastic. Well, I think one of the things to retain people is you got to let them get some nozzle time, especially the new guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which sometimes we're guilty of because we want to, you know, I, like, because I live close to the hall, so I'm always, you know, I'd say 90% of the time I'm on first truck. And then the guys that live near the hall are on first truck. But whenever I can, if someone that doesn't regularly get on first truck, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him to be the nozzle operator because they don't get a lot of also time on on a, on a on a call and especially when they're brand new um you know we have a couple of new guys well we have four yeah but you know a couple of them have come fairly regularly to calls already and i try to when i can get them on absolutely get them on the nozzle because or getting them doing something that's a firefighter skill not just standing there like like i said when i started i was told you know you're you're useless for two years so basically stay at the hall and fill air bottles which then makes you useless for two years after that. Yeah, because you never had any. You didn't really you know, have any hands-on. You weren't allowed to get in a truck. You were, you know, it's very rare when you were made, you know, you're allowed even on a second truck, mm-hmm. third truck. Now, I'll, you know, if, if there's some senior guys on the truck and I know what we're going to, it's not going to be crazy it's like a car fire. Yeah. yeah, we jump on the truck, Yeah, new guy, because you're going to be running the hose because it's going to be, this is a perfect experience for you. Yeah. So there's that. I think that's part of retention is to... Not just have your little group of uh, old boys that are running that show and putting out fires, but try to get everybody involved. Yeah. Which sometimes, like I said, you know, we typically have on a, on a nighttime call, we have very similar. Like the first truck, I'll I'll know, I kind of know who's behind me because I because we're all kind <laughs> of close. Because you cut me off every time. <laughs> but now, that, now that Carl, you move closer, so now the, the truck and it's kind of interesting because every once in a while the truck the dynamic change. change yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I guess you're close now, mm-hmm. so you're the new guy on the truck. And then now it's kind of like, it's almost like we're a little crew, but but then, you know, every once in a while, two or three different guys get on, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I like for them to try to um, get in there because they want to do it. I mean, we're all here to fight fire. We're not here to sit at the hall. Yeah. And unfortunately, we can't always bring every truck with us to a, to a, to a call. We try to bring as many as we can, but, you know, I mean, we have to also be responsible and be like, <laughs> okay, we don't need three... Um, three engines at this uh, yeah. <laughs> at this uh, false alarm <laughs> or mm-hmm. like the other night we, we had a or the other morning we had a you know bird I don't know on a transformer and blew up and a small little grass fire that was already out when we got there we don't need three engines we, we probably could have engines. rolled two or three pieces of equipment with the manpower that was there yeah there was lots of manpower at the hall but we paused and waited you know, to see and, what we had right you know and then it's one of those calls as an officer do we need a bunch of apparatus here because now if something else happens or you know do we need it all here everybody wants to see the fire and wants to be at the call so we i try to stay cognizant of that when i'm the officer because mm-hmm. it's like i was in that same boat going come on let's go i want to see this thing mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think that's part of retention too is allowing people like to get to at least see the thing they're going to yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think a big part is the whole buy-in as well like like give them something to be proud of yeah the work the fires the calls are all sweet yeah. so what we do is when they're on their eight eight weeks, um, their first eight weeks of training, they can't come to our meetings. And like yeah. meetings aren't anything all super important. But like <laughs> once they get through that, they can start to come to that. And they can kind of see like the I don't want to say political side of it, but like like there's financials, there's there's sometimes they get heated. Sometimes <laughs> they get heated. And, Scott uses his leadership. <laughs> Lack of <laughs> yells at people. Um, <laughs> there's a backstory. Everything's, everything's fine, but like, so we have a new uh, fire engine that we're going to start looking into uh, purchasing for 2022. You know, we start getting some different people on those kind of committees as well because now, hey, I've only been here for maybe two years at that time, but I have an opinion on this million dollar piece of apparatus i mean how much more buying can you have like that's the most important thing to us and maybe that's not going to be the committee that they get involved in but they get involved in something so getting them in on something giving them a voice um it's not going to be like the the changing the your procedures they probably won't won't be that guy but yeah they're going to have an opinion on something and that's going to give you know give them that pride that that whole buy-in yeah, it's a really good point. That, mm-hmm. that job system is a really important factor. And I never really thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. It does give people that extra thing. It makes them talk at the table. You have to. 
Yeah. Obviously, they give your updates and reports, gives you that little bit of extra comfort. And you Absolutely. are you're taking part of something that needs to get done for the department to function. I also think on that buy-in thing, it's the um, back to the scenarios. When we have a big scenario, everybody's getting involved in the scenario. And it's like you're on a big fire or you're on a, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we treat it, we make it as close to a call as we can. So guys have those stories because that's what, you know, we're humans. We've been telling stories around campfires for years. Like we do it right now. It's where it's basically what this is, is us mm -hmm. telling story, fire stories. We're missing a campfire. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, I have one in so, you know, we're, we want, everyone wants to have that, that story to tell. And, you know, if you're not making trucks, you don't have a story to tell. And then you're like, yeah, why am I here? Like, this is, this is all right and everything. But, but at these big scenarios, at the end of it, Give they have a story, story to tell. Yeah. Like, hey, remember when I got to use a chainsaw on that, on that wall you guys made? That was awesome. And, and in some ways, they almost forget as a scenario. They're like, you know, you know, years from now, I, you know, because a few times I've, you know, me, me sitting around afterwards and I hear them, someone's telling a story about a, a call they were on and they've forgotten because like, I'm like that, that was actually that was a scenario <laughs> they, they've forgotten or, or maybe you know they're you know it's one of those fish stories maybe yeah. an embellishment like, but it's still like okay cool they're so That's, jacked up over yeah. it and so pumped it's yeah, yeah. Or jeeped up, whatever. Jeeped up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that you know, <laughs> that's, those scenarios are so important to get that, to get not only the skill, the inoculation, and then buy-in. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. The, um, it, it just, it amazed me some of the comments and things that people were getting back. There was one guy who, he was getting pretty heated in the conversation, not towards us, but just about the fact that, you know, uh, all the lazy fucks you just get kicked <laughs> off the department like literally that was like his yeah. comment was yeah, like, yeah he, he was over he was cleaning house he was yeah, yeah. he's done yeah. <laughs> like, he was but, like what's the name PD there oh yeah. Yeah, Minneapolis yeah, Minneapolis <laughs> these yeah. guys are out shut it all down <laughs> but he's like well they were unfortunately they were all officers right so yes. because they were the officer corps and he said you know these guys these old boys would kick these the young blood off the truck yeah. Um, and go there and then stand around and not do anything. And the second mm -hmm. truck would come with the good with the with the same guys on there that just got kicked off the first truck and then the hard work would begin. So it just yeah. it, it there's there's this culture in certain departments where there is an old boys club mm -hmm. and it still exists. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it stops and halts the progress of not only the department and the people in it, but also the yeah. town and the safety of everybody there, you know. It's a it's a dangerous thing that these things keep occurring. I mean, we're not that far out from, I don't want to say that exactly, but I mean, there there was a time I can tell a story when I was younger in the department. Um, we we have a system of um, when you get hired on, you wear a black helmet. You keep that for generally about a year. Uh, and in that year or two, you, you there's, there's all these steps that you have to take. Um, and then you go to a yellow helmet and you can potentially do that for the rest of your career or you want to move you know move up whatever so i was um like one course away from getting rid of my yellow helmet or getting rid of my black helmet and getting moved moved up but this this course was just never coming it was uh there was there, there was reasons that it wasn't happening uh outside of my own personal control uh and i didn't care i'm like oh whatever like i'm not getting kicked off trucks because i'm wearing a black helmet i didn't care it was fine but there was this one call where it was a pretty big call i got to the to the hall quickly because of where i work i get there fast and i'm running to the truck and i hear this guy yelling behind me and he's all like Black helmets don't get on the truck. Yellow helmets get on the truck. And I'm like, who are you? Mother of me. Like, Is that who, me? Who are you? No, 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 no. No. Because no. um, I just wanted to go on the truck. Yeah. No. It was, uh... Um, well, we don't yeah, I'll tell you later. Uh, he's not with us anymore. Uh, from For many years. Oh. Oh. Um, he, uh... Yeah, he's like, and the officer on on the truck actually looked at me and was like, "You can get on." And in the back of my mind, I'm like, "F this guy, like, <laughs> let him go, right? I'll get on the next truck because exactly that. I know this next crew is going to come and work. Work. We'll work equally as hard as if we were on the first one, and it doesn't matter as long as you get on. But when you you have these guys that and his level of effort was generally." not the highest right. so that's what you're expecting it's like 
I'm getting on that truck because I've been here for X amount of time more than you. Um, it comes back to you, like the people that get on the truck, are, are you adding strength or are you just taking up a space, right? So like our new guys, like they're probably the most keen out of the 35 people that we we yeah. carry. Like they're going to work their ass off for you. So are you adding or hurting the truck? Well, you know, we, we might have some guys that are much, much more experienced, but these guys are going to work and they're going to work hard. And that's where I was back then. I mean, not that I, I think I still work pretty hard at times, but like I was geared up to go, right? And here's this guy I know. He's been around for a while. It's not like his first or second call. He's had many of them. So is he going to work as hard? Pro- probably not. And I think that's where the officer on the truck at the time was like, yeah, get on. Yep. And he was being a bit of an asshole. And I'm like, well, whatever, go, <laughs> go ahead. And I'll get on the next one. Like, we're all going. It wasn't like one truck. Like, we were sending everything. So let these guys get on. Let them work, right? That's that's the importance of it. Like, let them get out there. They're not going to get that experience without getting out there. So, well, let them get the experience. Let them work. That's why they want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, the, the getting involved, I think, is definitely a big crucial part. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, as we all heard when we all got hired, you're useless for two years, used to be the dynamic of what we had. That was the speech as you were sat getting hired. And it's like, oh, why, why am I here? Yeah, this is crazy. But obviously that has changed. Again, all of these things, like if you are in a department and you are looking to stay and you see negative around you and you want to change it, that's on you. Yeah. But you cannot get to the point where you are screaming in somebody's face demanding change, pointing at people and saying, you're wrong, it doesn't work. You need to do it slow. You need to do it professionally and you need to do it subtly. You Mm -hmm. need to plant the seeds, play the game and figure out the agendas because if you just start soapbox screaming, it ain't going to fly a lot of the time. You're dealing with a lot of A-type personalities. Everyone's stubborn as, as the next guy. So it's very challenging when you've got 30 stubborn people they all have very strong opinions. You need to play the game. And that's part of this is you need to play the game. Everything's a game with this. Yep. You need to be doing it professionally, planting those seeds and having those conversations. Any more about that, lads? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, then, I think we are at an end. So, shout outs. Uh, let's start with Barboys. Bar boys. Start with the bar boys right away. Yeah. yeah. We'll get right on those guys here. Oh, uh, what happened? Uh, nothing. Did, no. they, did they release an episode? They did not. Come on. Oh, what are they doing? What's that? Yeah, I don't Is know, Is Nick man. okay? Uh, he's, he's, been busy. he's been busy with the chicks. Busy with the chicks, yeah. <laughs> Dealing with chicks. And ducks, apparently. He's got ducks. He was having a conversation about ducks, too. Yeah. He's got a room full of chicks locked in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was terrifying. <laughs> I love the last episode. I listened to it. You know, and he owns it. He's like, I don't uh, care if you don't like it. Chickens, <laughs> chickens, I don't care. Yeah, I was like, ah, that's awesome. Uh, so the Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. We talk about them every week. Um, they generally release an episode every, every week. They've, they've been uh, uh, super tied up and having a hard time getting together, it sounds like. But uh, when they do release an episode, it's, uh, it's some quality stuff. Um, they are on all the major social media platforms, all the podcast platforms. Um, just a group of Eastern Americans doing the same thing that we do, just with more chowder. <laughs> getting a little cheaped up apparently not cheaped, cheaped up. up getting cheaped up yeah uh, Scott Motus Motus Snagger Tool um, not much to say about it it's awesome you can uh, pull hose you can couple on couple lines you can hang up your coat <laughs> I always mention that it's like an important thing to me <laughs> it's right out there key mm-hmm. it's cheap like an S like my name <laughs> <laughs> and the worst it's like this so clearly you want one <laughs> shame like an S <laughs> everyone just went to rush out but actually it's yeah. not the Trainer Proby guys got one uh, Mark Trainer Proby yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah good uh, Canadian company 
Uh, not only do they have the snaker tool, they have the uh, door wedges, they have the um, soft entry shop knife, shop knife yep. that will go into an Ulfa blade, mm-hmm. not a blade, Ulfa box, box, box cutter, uh, like a box yeah. cutter handle, yep. um, which is, that's a pretty sweet idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else do they have? We'll say hydro wrench. Hydro wrench, the hydro wrench, yep. of course. Yeah. Some door control yeah. stuff. They've got their uh, sort of all, all in one bag. That they're uh, they're pumping again, so it sounds like that might be coming back in stock. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, kid. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Mm. Now, if we were to want to purchase one of those, is there any sort of a deal that we could extend to uh, our listeners? There could be. Just go. Mm. I think it's a DTFF five. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a five percent off. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, yes, they're good. Uh, RZ masks. They we have the M ones with the F three fillers. And uh, they have been great for us. Neoprene masks keep your face warm in the winter. Um, fantastic for very quick donning and doffing. Um, and uh, they've been very useful for, especially during all of this stuff that's been going yeah. on for extra protection during medical calls, et cetera, et cetera. I feel there's, uh, looking online now, there's like literally thousands of masks now. Like just this cool yeah. thing really made mm-hmm. the mask business boom. Oh, but I'd yeah. still probably go with RZ because mm-hmm. they were... Kind of, not the original, they were, you know, one of the first we've seen of that yeah. kind. So, yeah, they were. For they sure. were very much supporters of all things, um, like first responders, pub, yeah. the old public safety side of things. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, a really good company to, to sort of get behind. Yeah. If you're looking to pick one up, the code will be live again shortly, I believe, mm-hmm. from what I am told. So uh, it should be DTFF, and that will save you 33 0% on uh, your order so if you are looking to do it we ended up we ordered like 40 masks with a whole bunch of filters we ended up saving around 300 bucks yep. i think by the time yep. we were done mm-hmm. so it was pretty pretty legit saving 30 pretty sizable. Yeah. yeah uh yeah uh mm-hmm. legion engineered uh legion engineered uh company that uh, joel struthers uh the author of appel a canadian and a french foreign legion uh who we had on um, some time ago now. Uh, time is really passing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's got a, uh, <coughs> a company. They do apparel and a portion of the proceeds is donated to PTSD awareness and support uh, if uh, the majority, say, is purchased in Canada for this year. He will donate to, um, to a Canadian uh, branch if it's uh, the US it's going to be to the US if it's somewhere overseas it'll be there so really neat he really supports the people that are supporting the cause so uh, check that out it's uh, Legion Engineered on again all the major social media platforms yeah uh, stop the bleed yeah stop the bleed our stop the bleed uh, course that we that Todd and I did is now on well, it's been online for Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. It's got some pretty good traction, I think. Yeah, so a month. Um, hour and forty minutes. Ash is making hand signals. Yeah, <laughs> um, he got there. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing we also did is Carl's uh, broken down the videos into yeah. bite-sized pieces, so you can look at some of the different skills. Uh, if you just want to look at some of the scenarios we've done, just for um, um, the simulation pieces. Yeah, the simulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also put the links for the videos, right? Uh, yeah, I put, there was a YouTube thing there, which I put in, which was a full playlist for right. all of them individually uh, or however you want to do so, it. So, you know, we use a lot of stuff from Skinny Medic, which is, you know, that guy's awesome on YouTube, um, and Mosul Medic. One of the things I didn't tell you guys, which I'm going to relay a story right now, so this might go a little longer, mm-hmm. is, um, last week I was having lunch with uh, one of my coworkers. He said one of the uh, managers from, uh, the Northern part of our province was mountain biking Nice and slow, only going about a kilometer. And you know that, that video I show of the mountain biker crash? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He turned his handlebars, jackknifed himself, hit his um, into his stomach with his um, handlebar, fell down, thought, oh, I'm really bruised. This is hurts. Pulled down his pants, squirt, massive squirt of blood shoots across, like, the field that he's in. Right. And he's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, he's up north. So he pressure on right away. Um, his person that was biking with him actually was an off-duty officer. She came over, did like, as he describes it, it was like basically downward dog on him <laughs> to try to get the um, pressure on yeah. to the injury. Um, quickly hit the his spot, like he had a spot, GPS mm-hmm. thing. Um, 
search and rescue came after a while, you know, because I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Rescued him, brought him down. They had to fly him to uh, probably about 300 kilometers <laughs> in a helicopter to get him to the nearest trauma center. And they, and they, it was actually his um, femoral vein that he severed, not his femoral artery, but his vein. So still almost a pinky-sized thing. Um, and they said if it wasn't for the fact that he severed the outside, so if the cut, the cut was on the outside, obviously he squirted it out. If it was uh, ruptured on the inside, he would just bled into his uh, into his pelvis. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a big fan of stop the bleed now, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he he knew to put direct pressure, but he didn't know about wound packing or any other stuff. So he's a big fan of stop the bleed. Yeah. Um, so you never know what's going to happen. It's not active shooters. It's not um, you know stabbings and stuff it's it can happen just on a mountain bike trail um, and as firefighters we could get called to stuff like that and we should have the ability to put uh, tourniquets on understand moving packing understand direct pressure and then um, basically how to mitigate that we we figured after talking to him um just from the way he was um he probably lost about a liter of blood because he, right. he didn't pass out he's starting to feel a little bit um a little bit fuzzy, but it was still, he said he's still with it. And he said he just looked absolutely soaked. His, his riding gloves were soaked. His pants were soaked. But again, that goes back to that thing we show with the, um, blood demo. the blood demo, yeah. where it looks like a lot of blood, but it's, you can still make it through. They're still so, in it. Yeah. 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 yeah each uh, of those individual f- sections are drop in every day this week. There is a new portion of that drop in. We've obviously got mm-hmm. the hour and 49 long minute long show. <laughs> Um, from start to finish, but this will be all of the different uh, simulations. Yeah. So stoptheBleed.org for information on classes and um, how to become an instructor. Yeah. And if you are going to become an instructor, again, that video is quality for uh, looking at how you can step up your uh, your game a little bit, really make it interactive and uh, really make it very memorable. Mm-hmm. Create those simulations that are really mm-hmm. putting that high stress inoculation mm-hmm. on people to get them in that right mindset for what they're actually going to be doing in those situations. Right. Uh, Ash, uh, Ignition. Yep. Ignition USA, uh, Jason Allen out of uh, Seattle, uh, came up with the uh, Seattle Rapid Access Tool. Um, It's a soft entry um, access tool. We always preach century is awesome because you can break shit but the downside of breaking shit is when you leave the building is not secure so medical calls um things like that where you want to get get access to a building uh, and then be you'll be able to take the patient and then lock the door behind you this is awesome the speed is awesome uh it's like four or five five tools built into one um there's some pretty cool video out there uh, that demos how well it works. Um, if you check out his website, his social media stuff, uh, really cool there as well. Check out ours too. Uh, we have our quick, fact, quick it demo. Is literally the, doing well. Yeah. yeah, it's the most watched video that we have. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and he also shared that on his plat- platforms as well. So that was really awesome. Uh, so he's got the C Rat tool. He's got some actually a pretty cool trucker hat. Nice snapback trucker hat. He's got uh, the door jam, which is just that soft uh, uh, wrap it around each side of the uh, door handle. It keeps the latch from latching. Uh, pretty, pretty cool deal there. Uh, the wedge, or the wedge it, I should say. And then uh, everybody needs to have a Punisher tool helmet sticker. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> think, we Yeah, we have on our helmets. So. Maybe it's nice to send those through. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so ignitionusa.us uh, or again on all of the major social medias including tiktok he's got some pretty cool um short short videos on on there as well so check that out uh if you like what you see which you should because it's pretty wicked uh dtff 2020 gives you 20 percent off for uh at least the remainder of this year hopefully he bumps it up to 2021 and we get 21 percent off next year. <laughs> yeah i'll be free in no time yeah um yeah ignition usa mm-hmm and then I think just us, right? Just us. Just us. So if uh, we appreciate you listening, thank you so much. We appreciate all the support um, that we've been getting. Uh, recently, our YouTube audience has definitely climbed um, pretty dramatically over the time. Our views have gone 
I, I think I only sent out a link the other week, and then I sent another one out again, saying that we'd already gone up another you know thousand views thousand over views, the, yeah. the next little period. So people are out there watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please do subscribe if you can um, onto that YouTube platform as well. Obviously, and, uh, join us over on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and uh, we will get him back on the, the TikTok a little bit here. It's mm. difficult to chop the videos up properly to make it fit it the is, yeah. So you know, I don't really feel like dancing, so yeah. we're going to stick to the firefighter. Yeah, that's it's probably the, the mm-hmm. safest bet. Yeah, it's going to be the best for everybody. <laughs> so uh, if you could, and if you would, please just head over, drop us a like, and uh, give us a bit of a rating, if you wouldn't mind, on any of the podcast platforms that you are listening to us on. It definitely gets us a little bit further up that list and helps us to broadcast this message and the messages that we try and share um, to as many people as want to want to hear them. So it helps get it to people that are trying to find us. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, other than that, any more for any more, boys? I'm good. Scott? No, oh, uh, she mentioned Harrelson Band again. Absolutely. Working on some stuff with him. Uh, he's going to be doing some stuff on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the... There, sorry, he, they were the band that was going to play at our seminar this year, um, making some good music, country mm-hmm. music. I'm not, like I said before, I'm not a big country fan, <laughs> but I actually like his music. <laughs> yeah, so check him out on Spotify. <laughs> it's the Tanner, Tanner Olsen, Olsen Band. band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, Ash? Yeah, I've got no... No more, so thanks a lot, guys. Have a night. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.